Hi there! Welcome to episode 9 of the Wave Back Music Podcast. Today's episode features music from all 14 U.S. releases for the Virtual Boy. Enjoy! Hello again! This is the Wave Back Music Podcast, a show where we listen to and reminisce about some of the best video game music there is. My name is Chris, and I am your host. We are live once again from Geekade.com, so for everybody tuning in, thank you so much for joining us. We've got ourselves a very special episode tonight, as we're celebrating the 20th anniversary of the U.S. release of one of Nintendo's strangest products that they've ever launched. I am talking, of course, about the black and red wonder... The Virtual Boy. Originally released in North America on August 14, 1995, The Virtual Boy is an oddity if there ever was one. It was marketed as a virtual reality experience, but was really more of a stereoscopic Viewmaster-style trick. It was built as a 32-bit system, but its visuals were not anywhere near the PlayStation Saturn or even 3DO. It was touted as a portable system, but it was in no way easy to transport, and six AA batteries would only net you about two hours worth of playtime. It only displayed in black and red, because red LEDs were the cheapest to buy at the time, and only saw 14 releases during its entire lifetime on the market. By all accounts, it was not a success. Next to no third-party support, a very shallow release schedule out of the gate, and the inherent difficulty that comes with trying to market a product that people have to see in person to understand, stacked the deck against the Virtual Boy from day one. But still, for those brave and or crazy enough to pick one up, there was certainly some fun to be had. You can hear my thoughts on the system in depth on episode 61 of the Stone Age Gamer podcast, which is available also right now through geekade.com, but we're here tonight to talk about the music. And the best way I can think of to describe the Virtual Boy sound chip would be Game Boy on steroids. For a 32-bit system, you would imagine that the sound would be more in line with something between a Super NES and a Nintendo 64, but the Virtual Boy is 100% chiptune through and through. That said, and I wish I knew more of the technical aspects of the sound chip, but, you know, it's never been my forte, it seems like the Virtual Boy can operate on more channels than the Game Boy or the NES, and... Coupled with, coupled with the stereo effects, the system was able to push some very unique and awesome, awesome chiptunes. Tonight, we'll be playing one song from every single game released in the U.S. in order of their release. Some of them I had to record straight from the Virtual Boy itself, since I couldn't find many direct feed game rips online anywhere. During the process, I came across some great tracks that, that I had discovered for the first time, um, and I'm very excited to share, you, share them with everyone tonight. To start, though, we're going to step quite just just a tad outside of chron- chronology for a second our first track is one of my favorite songs in the entire virtual boy library i know that's a huge statement but bear with me <laughs> it's representing something unique about the virtual boy and that's the test screen every virtual boy game starts with a test screen so that the player can adjust the 3d effect to their personal settings this is why a lot of people complained about the system giving headaches because a lot of folks didn't take the time to get the 3d effect right for them Of course, staring into a black and red void is bound to eventually hurt your eyes no matter how well-adjusted the settings are, but for the most part, the 3D effect, when used properly, was remarkably well done. Anyway, because of how important getting the settings is right away, uh, Nintendo required every release to start with a test screen. Some of these were quiet, but others featured unique startup music. 
This track is my absolute favorite of those tracks. It is a great example of what the system sound chip is capable of. It's very full. The stereo effects and multi-layered sounds are just as, as prevalent as could possibly be. It's a very calming song as well. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the test screen from what was actually the very last release on the Virtual Boy here in the States, and that is 3D Tetris. The soundtrack for 3D set Tetris was done by a gentleman by the name of Ken Kojima, and I wasn't able to find much about him besides a couple of the other soundtracks he worked on, which just happened to be other Virtual Boy games. In fact, the only other games of note I found that he did were Golf and Red Alarm for Virtual Boy, but we're going to get to those in a touch. In a few. Still, 3D Tetris features an absolutely spectacular soundtrack, and it kicks off with this one right here. So enjoy Test Screen from 3D Tetris. As you were listening to that gorgeous, gorgeous track, um, as uh, one of our listeners, Matt, just pointed out to me, there's an excellent website that I've I've gone to a bunch of times that has a really good write-up about the um, the Virtual Boy sound chip, and that is uh, Planet Planet VB Planet Virtual Boy. It is an, a really, really great resource, and that's where I pulled uh, one or two of these soundtracks from. Um, like, like I said, I had to record a few of them, but. That track right there does a really great job, and that, that game's soundtrack in, in general does a great job of showing off what the Virtual Boy is capable of. Now, if you're listening to this on headphones or anything, you could hear the, the stereo effects that are going on there, the, the, the different layers and just the way that it kind of shoots back and forth and, and, and really plays with the whole stereo thing. And that's something the Virtual Boy games did a lot, was they just tried to try to play up on the whole immersive aspect of the Virtual Boy, as it were. It's It's just... 
it's just wonderful. And that song, oh, that song, I will, I'll never forget the first time I turned it on. And it's just like, see, the Virtual Boy didn't have its own unique startup like a lot of modern systems do. Like, you know, every time you turn on a PlayStation 2 or a Dreamcast or a, a, an Xbox One or whatever, they have that very distinct sound that they make. But the Virtual Boy, as soon as you turned it on, it was very much like, you know, a retro system. You turn it on and it's going to pick up exactly where whatever cartridge you put in wants you to hear and the moment you turn on 3d tetris that's what comes on and just that that initial splash of sound and then followed by this kind of like just this 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 good groove and and the the title screen that follows it was really interesting too was that it it kind of you know what we're going to save that for another episode because i'm probably going to do a 3d tetris episode on its own one of these days because i really really like that soundtrack it's 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 probably my favorite soundtrack on the console it's just Really, really good stuff. Anyway, uh, let's move on to track number two, um, which is going to be from the technical first game that was released for the system. This is the game that was packed in with every single Virtual Boy that sold here in America, Mario's Tennis. Now, this is an important distinction. It's Mario's Tennis, Mario apostrophe S, not Mario Tennis, which was for Nintendo 64. And as far as I know... This was really his first foray into, you know, the Mario sports types games. You know, you had Mario Kart before that, but, you know, Mario playing tennis or golf or all that stuff. You know, the Virtual Boy, Mario's Tennis, was definitely the first Mario Tennis game, unless you count him being the umpire in NES and Game Boy Tennis. But why would you? That would be crazy. <clears throat> so anyway, Mario's Tennis, the first game that most people played for the Virtual Boy. Um... It did an interesting job of kind of showing off what the 3D graphics were capable of. Um, you know, you start up the game and it's got this cute little test screen music and the, you know, tennis ball flies at the screen and bounces around. It's a very neat looking game. It's it's a lot of fun. It's got a really, really cool soundtrack. Um, the the track that we're going to listen to is Doubles 1, which is uh, whenever you would play a match, uh, the music would switch back and forth between uh, rounds or I guess matches, uh, sets, whatever you want to call them. I'm not, I'm not good at te tennis. I don't know what I'm talking about. But doubles one is one of the two songs that would alternate whenever you're playing a doubles match, and it's my favorite, favorite, favorite track in this game. It, it kind of, you heard a very brief second of it. Uh, it kind of starts off in a very weird way, like this weird sound effect happens for some reason, and then music just jumps in proper, and it's got a very good, jumpy, almost Kirby-esque vibe to it. Um, the song, the soundtrack was by, and again, I apologize for my pronunciation here, Hitoshi Fukushima and Morihito Iwamoto. And I could not find much of anything else that these folks had done, nor could I determine who specifically wrote this song or if it was a group, you know, collaboration entirely. But uh, it's a shame that I haven't been able to find much else that they've done because uh, this is a really great soundtrack. It's very fun. Um, it actually has a, a lot more whimsy than the game itself does, which you know, the Mario sports games are known for really playing up the aspects of the characters of, like, you know, Mario can shoot fireballs or jump really high or whatever, and Mario's Tennis is just a straight-up tennis game. <laughs> there's there's really not a whole lot of special attributes any of the characters have or whatever, like maybe somebody moves faster or slower or hits harder, but it's a very straightforward, basic tennis game. And I don't mean that to sound like a bad thing, because... Video game tennis is really, really fun, and this game, just kind of with the dressed-up 
and, and the Mario characters and the cute backgrounds and the great music, it made this game really fun to spend a lot of time with. And and I did. I spent an awful lot of time playing Mario's Tennis on my Virtual Boy, and I was very happy to have it. At any rate, uh, let's go ahead and listen to the track. So here is Doubles 1 from Mario Tennis. Doubles one from Mario's Tennis, and oh my god, I was just listening to this song brings me back so, so much, because I spent so much time at my friend, I, I went to my friend's house, uh, and we, we set up the Virtual Boy on the, the kitchen table, and we would go back and forth, like, just because I only had the one, and we would just go back and forth, taking turns on this game so, so much, and it was just so much fun. And that really goes to speak to a lot of what I like about the Virtual Boys library was the games are very they're they're very small and very focused. Like they have a lot to do with um uh, I guess like arcade style games. Like there's there's a lot of there's not a lot of games that are like this is a giant sprawling adventure. They really took into consideration that this is something that you're not going to want to play for giant long stretches of time and the games tend to be like just beefed up and interesting takes on arcade classics uh like tennis you know it's it's a very basic concept it works and they just made a solid fun tennis game and 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 i loved it to death and this soundtrack big old thumbs up from me but it's time to move on to track number three track number three is called moon man fandango from galactic pinball uh which was another launch title for the console the soundtrack was by Kenji Yamamoto, who uh, is known for Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! and Metroid Prime Pinball, which are great soundtracks, as well as Masaru Tajima, who has also worked on Metroid Prime Pinball, and Tetris Attack for Super Nintendo, which has a really, really good soundtrack on its own. Very, 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 very clever songs. Um, 
so it's interesting that these guys both worked on Metroid Prime Pinball because Galactic Pinball's, I guess, biggest claim to fame is a hidden Metroid reference. And you would think this would have been somewhere on the outside of the box or, or somebody would have made a bigger deal about this at the time. But there's a, a little bonus game in Galactic Pinball, not unlike uh, the Mario bonus game in Pinball for NES, where uh, Samus... And her ship comes out, and uh, the music changes over to music from Super Metroid, the intro music, the um, you know, like the prologue, that whole story thing, but Virtual Boy style, so it sounds all, all 8-bit and whatnot. And it's, it's really, really cool. But outside of that, uh, Galactic Pinball is just kind of a space-themed pinball game. Again, another uh, basic arcade-style property that's just kind of taken to a very clever and fun level. Um, I can't say I've spent a ton of time with Galactic Pinball. It's one of the games I picked up on clearance uh, back in the day, and um, you know, with a little bit of time I've spent with it, I've I've really enjoyed it. It's it's a decent pinball game, but the music is pretty uh, pretty cool. There's a handful of tracks in here. Um, this is the one that stuck out to me the most. I think this is the the song that plays through most levels, and it's another kind of a kind of a chill song. It's it's got a good beat to it. It it makes very very good background music, um, and it's a decent listen on its own too. Uh, probably not my favorite track of the evening, but it's 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 a good it's a good tune. Um, so anyway, uh, it's a good tune with a really great name. So here is Moonman Fandango.
again, that was Moonman Fandango from Galactic Pinball. It's a really nice, nice, chill track. You know, it's 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 a great it's great for what it is because it's got just the right bit of energy to it. That little cool little drum beat and stuff, so you don't feel like you're falling asleep or anything. But at the same time, it's like it's nice and chill. It's letting the the action of the game take command, which is nice. Um, but yeah, I don't have a ton more to say about it other than it's a it's a cool tune. It's not overly complex. Um, next on the agenda, though, would be st- is going to be stage one from Red Alarm. Uh, uh, music also by Ken Kojima of uh, 3D Tetris and Golf fame. Uh, we'll get the golf a little later, but yeah, uh, this this Ken Kojima gentleman um, did a pretty good job of making the soundtrack for Red Alarm, and it is a uh, it is. It is loud. It is fast. It is a uh, very, rather exciting. Uh, it's, it's it's good stuff. Red Alarm was, Red Alarm was one of those games that I really wanted to like, but it just doesn't really come together. And I mean that literally because the game's in wireframe, uh, so it looks very vector graphics. It, it, it's all, you know, everything is wireframe. There's no flat textures to be found really, which can be very, very confusing because uh, you can see through everything. So you can kind of see where you're going, but if too many things show up on the screen, it just get turns into this mishmash of lines and you can't tell what's a wall, what's a mountain, what's a spaceship. It's 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 all very confusing, but it's a neat, it's a fun little game. Um, you know, again, it's, it's kind of taking your, your basic... Uh, I don't know, like almost like a touch of Battle Zone, but at the same time, like a like a rail shooter told from a 3D perspective. Um, but I don't think it's really on rails. I don't have a lot of experience with Red Alarm. Like I have it, I've messed around with it a couple of times, but I I usually don't go back to this one. Um, you know, whenever I'm going to take the time to take my Virtual Boy out and start playing it, I tend to go for the games I know I really like, ones that I'm really interested in. And and Red Alarm just just never really struck me as as something that I should be spending more time with. That said, um, preparing for this podcast got me to listen to a few of the tracks that I hadn't really spent any time with before, and, and this game's got some pretty exciting music. And... Uh, it's really interesting that it's all done by this uh, by by this Ken Kojima gentleman because the music sounds so much different in the three Virtual Boy games that he's done. Like the they have very very different feels to them, all three of them, and it, it's very impressive this this gentleman's range. So uh, to Ken Kojima, I salute you, and I salute you by playing this next track, track number four of the night, stage one from Red Alarm. <laughs>
that doesn't scream action, I don't know what does. That is just a a very loud and actiony track right there. Good, good stuff. Good, good stuff. Um, so yeah, that's that's a really nice complex complex track right there. Like as I was listening to it this time while while we were uh, playing it just now, I noticed the very Capcom style drums to it. They they're very Mega Man Five and Mega Man Six. They're very kind of like loud and echoey drums that they got going on there, but this is another track. Again, Ken Kojima did a really good job of this, of really taking advantage of all eight channels of the Virtual Boys sound chip. Like, there's so much going going on in any given time, and it, it just, he adds this excellent layer of dynamics to it. Like, you know, with the music, like, it, it, it speeds up, it's, well, it doesn't really speed up and slows down, it, it picks up an intensity, it drops an intensity, but it always maintains that same level of drive, because, you know, you're flying around this ship, and you're blowing up stuff that's coming at you from all angles, it's, it, it hits that action music perfectly, it's just, it's a really, really good track, very, very impressed by it, uh, I wish I was more impressed by the game itself, but, you know, you can't win them all. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, we're going to move on to track number five, um, which is Tellerobaxer. This, I believe, was the other... Uh, this is the fourth and last launch title for the console. And um, the track we're going to be listening to is Spokong, which, if memory serves me right, is uh, one of the boxers that you face in this game. So this is... Um, Tellerobaxer is... is Punch Out esque, but it also uses gi- it uses giant robots instead of uh, cartoony stereotypes, um, and it's a pretty fun game. It is a it is a very very enjoyable experience. It's not phenomenal. It's not through the roof, um, which I feel like a little bit more love and care had been uh, put to it. It would have possibly been that way because uh, it had a lot of potential and. It did a really good job of showing off what the Virtual Boy was capable of, like with the visual effects of the the fists flying at your face, and you know they would crack the screen if they they punched you too hard and that kind of jazz. It also took full advantage of all the buttons on the Virtual Boy's controller, which was a very unique controller. It had two D pads on it, one on each side. It was it was very very unique for its time, um, and it was kind of pre analog stick. You know, I'm pretty sure they were out there on PCs and whatnot, but the analog sticks hadn't really gained traction in mainstream gaming yet, not until the Nintendo 64 hit with that. Um, so it was like dual analog before dual analog. It was a very, very interesting controller, but um, the music in Boxer was done by one Katsuya Yamano, uh, who was a programmer on several Metroid and Wario Land games, but Boxer is his only music credit. Uh, he's, he's had really quite a career. He's, he's done some great work on those Metroid and Mario, Wario Land games because, I mean, I'm talking about, like, Metroid 2, Super Metroid, uh, Wario Land, Shake It. I mean, I'm pretty sure Shake It was on that list, but some of the best games in both those franchises this guy worked on, and, and that's pretty cool that he stepped out of his normal uh, programmer routine to to jump up and make some music for Boxer, which was... I mean, really should have been um, a pack-in title for the system because Boxer is not a great title for uh, a game. And I feel like Mario's Tennis would have been a much easier sell on its own than Boxer. And regardless, it's a fun game. It really is a must-have for any Virtual Boy player slash collector because, I mean, let's face it, there's not a lot to choose from. But more importantly, the game's fun and unique. 
Um, and I would love to see this world revisited in some way, shape, or form, because some of these robot designs were were really, really cool. Um, it's another game that I'm, I'm ashamed to say I haven't spent enough time with. I have it, uh, I love it to death, um, and I just, I, I never go back to it for whatever reason, and I really should. I'm going to... I'm going to go ahead and, and make myself do that in the not sometime in the not-too-distant future. But anyway, on to the song. Um, it's a really bouncy number. It's it's um, This one was suggested by... Uh, I started a Reddit thread uh, about this podcast asking uh, on you know a couple of different pages what music people would want to hear, what were the best Virtual Boy songs. And this was one of the first tracks that came up. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't remember hearing this before uh, in the game because, like I said, I haven't spent a whole lot of time with it. But this this track is just a lot of fun it's it's very very bouncy it's very very catchy it's not extraordinarily long um but it it it's it's perfect for what it is because Teller Boxer in in a lot of ways just like punch out it never really takes itself extraordinarily seriously you know it's a goofy game about two robots beating the crap out of each other uh and and there's a lot of really good tracks in here um uh Mr. Yamano did a really really great job uh, making the soundtrack for this, but um, after listening to a bunch of the other tracks in, in uh, Telero Boxer, this is definitely the one that I went with. So um, here it is, Spokong from Telero Boxer. <laughs> Right there, that is Spokong from Boxer for, of course, the Virtual Boy. And it, that's, it just, just makes you want to move, right? It's it's a bouncy little number. It just kind of, you know, kind of makes you want to box as a giant robot in red. Because <laughs> what doesn't, right? Uh, no, it's, you know, that that's, that's a, you know, it's an interesting song because... It doesn't do anything really all that special or all that unique as far as showing off the the craziness of what the Virtual Boy is capable of, um, and I think the same can be said about a lot of music in Teleroboxer because uh, it was it was really bombarding you with visuals. Um, the the Teleroboxer was really all about what was happening in front of you, and the background music really needed to take a back seat and just provide you with a general feeling, and um, I think they were really successful in that. And uh, this song is a great example of that kind of experience because I mean, it's just fun. Like, it makes me want to go go play that game very badly. Uh, but I'll have to wait until later because we still have a podcast to do, and it is time to move on to track number six. Track number six wins my track of the week. Um, it's not my favorite song on uh, that we're playing tonight, but it is the biggest surprise. 
there were a couple of games for the Virtual Boy that I picked up on clearance uh, way back when that I just didn't bother playing because I had no interest in them. Uh, and one of them was from this next game called Virtual League Baseball. Everything I had ever seen from this just looked like a baseball game. And, you know, what did I really care about a baseball game? Uh, I'm not a big baseball fan. I don't care about stats and all that other jazz. I used to have a lot of good times with older baseball games, like Bases Loaded and um, RBI Baseball, um, Baseball Stars, that kind of stuff. I loved those simple kind of baseball games. Um, and for whatever reason, that's just kind of what I assumed this game was. That what What I assumed this game wasn't was something more in line with where baseball games were at the time. Um, which were, you know, we were looking at, you know, stuff for the PlayStation, and the N64 was around the corner, like late, late era, Super NES kind of stuff. Um, really just kind of getting into the realism of um, sports games. And I, I've never really been interested in that kind of stuff. I've always been interested in, like, the really simple, fun kind of things. And, man, when I tell you I spent a lot of time with Super Bases loaded on Super Nintendo, I am not exaggerating. My sister and I used to play that game to death. So... When I made the decision that I was going to uh, do something from every game for the Virtual Boy, I went looking for music from Virtual League Baseball, and I couldn't find any anywhere. So I basically, you know, I, I, I tuned up a, um, a YouTube video of some of the gameplay of it, and uh, I, I let it play for a few seconds, and I was just completely dumbfounded by what I was listening to. So I went in the other room, grabbed my Virtual Boy, hooked it up, fired up a game of Bur Virtual League Baseball, and I could not have been more delighted. It is a very basic baseball game, um, but it's in the best way possible. It plays like old-school, simple baseball. Like, I didn't have to worry about figuring out all these weird angles and stuff with the pitching or the hitting. It's like I can either heat, hit high, middle, or low. There's your options, and then you just swing, hit the ball, let it fly out into the field. Um, it's It's got little pieces of humor to it. Which is very strange. It's it's got such a strange art style. It it seems like this game is really uh, almost like against itself in a few ways because this kind of goofy cartoon character looking baseball player is on the title screen, but then in the actual game itself, the players are all realistic proportions and whatnot. But like, say you you hit the ball and you get out, you see your character run super fast off the field with like little dots over his head, like he's sweating or something. Like like very goofball and very cartoony, but with these kind of as realistic as they get on Virtual Boy type of graphics. I had a lot of fun playing this game. I, I, I was genuinely having a good time. And a big part of that was the music. The music is so much fun in this game. I was completely floored by how much fun this game had to it. It was not trying hard to be a super serious baseball game. It was just a new old-school baseball video game, and I was pleased as Red Punch. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't find any information on who composed the music in this game. Uh, so the track we're going to listen to uh, right now, I called Versus Computer 1, uh, because there was a couple different songs that would you know go back and forth between innings, and this was the first one that started. And uh, I have no idea who it's by, but whoever it was, you did a bang-up job, because uh, this is a great, great song. So here is Versus Computer One by Who the Heck Knows. <laughs>
about that for some fun, huh? That's a ridiculously entertaining track. I love, love, love that song. It's, I had, I just discovered it when trying to come up with this podcast, and it's been stuck in my head all week long. It's just such a fun track, and I, I couldn't believe how much fun I was having with that game. Like, it's not an, an amazing experience. I'm not trying to, to talk it up as if it was some sort of extraordinary game. It was just such a pleasant surprise to me that it was just fun. It was just centered around, here is a very fun, very basic baseball game, and you just don't see that. You really don't see that a lot in sports games anymore. I mean, unless it's related to, like, you know, Mario or something something else that's got some sort of weird hook to it. And I used to really like old-school sports games. I mean, it's an interesting thing to think about. Like, everybody played Blades of Steel, but not everybody plays, you know, the new NHL, because there's... It's so complicated, you know? There's there's so much to real-life sports, and in the interest of making things more realistic, uh, for diehard sports fans, I feel that they've made things a lot more a lot more fun. But for everybody else, who just gamers, who don't really care about that aspect of it, it, it really lost something. And getting to experience a brand new game like that, uh, which not wasn't it was new to me, but it was a fun experience, and I'm really glad that I got it. So that's Virtual League Baseball. Time to move on to uh, the next release that came out for the Virtual Boy, which is one of the most sought-after games on the console. Uh, it, it fetches a very high price, probably a little bit too high of a price in my opinion, but still a very good game. I'm talking, of course, about Jack Brothers. This is a game by Atlas, one of the very few third-party uh, developed games on the console. And it features some characters that were uh, really the, their, their first appearance and that have appeared in other Shin Megami Tensei games. And speaking of which, the soundtrack to Jack Brothers was done by Hiroyuki Yanada, who um, has really just done a bunch of other Shin Megami Tensei games, uh, as far as I can tell, uh, as far as the list of... Was a bibliography or discography? Let's call it discography. Yeah, that's a fun word to say. But yes, uh, so Yanada has done other work on other Shin Megami Tensei games, none of which I've played, so I can't speak to um, what other kind of music uh, he or she creates. I honestly don't even know if uh, that's the male or female name. That is how little research I've done. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's 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 talk about the music. Um, Jack Brothers was a game that I had owned. Again, I was very fortunate to pick it up on clearance back when it came out because, you know, it's a very expensive game now. And uh, I never really spent any time with it because, again, it just didn't really look super appealing to me. So it just kind of looked like a top-down adventure game, like something I was going to need to spend time with. And I never really had a lot of time to spend with it after I had gotten the game. And that time was spent playing other games, which... We'll definitely get to one or two of those before the show is over. But, yeah, for some reason, uh, Jack Brothers never really connected with me. Until very recently, I uh, made myself play the game for a uh, in Lost in Time segment, uh, which is a segment I do on uh, Geekade.com where I talk about games that will likely never be ported to anything ever again. Uh, and the only way to play them is on their original consoles, and hence they're lost in time unless you can track down you know, the cart and the console that it goes to. And Jack Brothers was one of those games that had become uh, a little more interesting to me because the the level of mystique around it had grown over the years. 
um, because Atlas is a publisher and the worlds that they've created have, have gotten such a bigger audience over the years. And Jack Brothers is a part of that, which is, I guess, why its, it's collector status is kind of shot through the roof. I mean, in typical Atlas fashion, there's not a ton of them out there, so it's not the easiest game to find to begin with. And, um, you know, supply and demand <laughs> that that the demand for it just keeps going up and the supply is not extraordinarily high uh, especially for the US version which is what a lot of collectors want and I am extremely lucky to have um so anyway the track that we're going to listen to tonight is uh from Forest of Fairies if I remember correctly, this was either stage two or three. Um, the game plays a lot like an old-school gauntlet game, um, but just a little bit more maze-driven. You're, it's got a, it's all very vertical, um, which you would think would be great for the Virtual Boy, but visually speaking, I don't think it ever really capitalizes on the animation for moving from level to level isn't extraordinarily well done. It's it's actually a little jarring and instead of just a, a great smooth motion, which the system, I'm sure, was capable of, and it just didn't pan out for whatever reason. I have no idea, but anyway, um, the, the game plays, it's, it's just kind of like a... You work your way through these mazes, you shoot bad guys, uh, you got a couple different characters to choose from. You find keys, you you know, go down and down until you eventually get to the bottom, which is where the boss is, fight the boss, uh, rinse, repeat, and so on and so forth. It's, um, you know, it's something. It's a good time, uh, but it's not, uh, it's not extraordinary. It's, it's a lot of fun, but it's not, it didn't really draw me back to it all that much. Now, uh, this song, however, was, um, when I was playing through the game, was the song that stuck out to me the most. This, uh, was, when I got to the stage that this played in, I was, genuinely having a good time. I was like, all right, I get it. I see what the deal with this game is. This this can be a lot of fun. And and unfortunately it didn't stay, you know, the rest of the game didn't strike me so good that I really needed to go back and finish it. I just I went through the rest of it because of, you know, what I was writing about instead of because I was truly drawn to the game, which is kind of a shame, but at the same token it's an interesting it's an interesting piece of history, and you know, one of the few third-party releases on the on the system. And and I can't say it's a bad game. It's just not. It didn't really grab me the way that I would expect it to. But still, it's and going back to that thing we were talking about before. It's another classic arcade-style game like Gauntlet, taken to a different level uh, for the Virtual Boy. And it was really designed well to play in short bursts. Like you can play a stage, grab the password, and then pick up where you left off later. So. Good, well-designed game, just not for me. But this track, Forest of Fairies, is a very, very fun song. Um, it's very bouncy. It's it's um, it just kind of makes you feel like you're having a good time. And and you know the game is not overly dark and 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 scary or anything like that. You, it stars these kids and there's trick or treating and and it's it's just fun. It's got that almost Nightmare Before Christmas kind of dark vibe to it. You know, it's all Halloweeny and scary, but it's still kind of cute at the same time. Anyway, I'm going to shut up and just play the track. Here is Forest of Fairies by Hiroyuki Yanada, or credited in the game as Yanda. Enjoy. <laughs> Thank you. 
happy fun song i i really enjoy that track uh i actually kind of had that mixed up with another song in my head before i played it uh and it started up and i got all excited again it's like oh this track i love this track because it yeah it it just kind of starts relatively you know relatively like you know just you're bouncing around and then it kind of goes into this that the hook that it had and it's got that other great little like staccato notes going on in the background and it's it's fun it's just fun uh I love this stuff, and I love that there's this whole library, and, and I know that it's not huge, and I really got to look into some of the Japanese releases too, but there's this library of really interesting chiptunes out there with um, far greater capabilities than, than something like the Game Boy had, and I'm, I'm kind of surprised that there isn't more of a community of creating original chiptunes out of the Virtual Boy sound chip, because the Game Boy is where you see a lot of that stuff from. Uh, you know, original chiptunes and whatnot, you know, using programs like, you know, Little Sound DJ and whatnot. But I, I kind of feel like there's a lot of untapped potential with the, the Virtual Boys sound chip to make some really incredible stuff. And I'm kind of surprised that more of the, uh, the you know, retro community hasn't jumped on that. But anyways, uh, that's another great fun track uh of the night and there that's about our halfway point so um let's move right along here uh let's move on to track number eight which is parade from mario clash by ryoji yoshi tomi uh who did some music on uh metroid 2 return of samus and some things on mario paint uh which is Great music. I love the sound. I love, love, love music in Metroid 2. It's very strange, but the few tracks that are there that are just sound like songs are really good. And obviously Mario Paint, another phenomenal game. Uh, Mario Clash, one of my favorite games to play on this system. It's an evolution of the original arcade Mario Brothers game, the one where you like jump underneath the turtles, knock them over, and kick them, and all that stuff. Not Super Mario Brothers. The precursor, Mario Brothers. It's a it's just an amazing evolution of that game. This is so much fun, and I wish it would get ported to something other than Virtual Boy, because I would love to sit on a couch and play this game for hours. Because I love the original Mario Brothers. It's one of my favorite arcade games of all time. And when I found out that that's what Mario Clash was, I just, uh, I couldn't, couldn't, words could not describe how happy I was. Um, the game looks great. The art direction is really, really nice. I love the sprite for Mario in this game. It's one of the most cartoony sprites for Mario uh, in in any of the Mario games until you got to like you know obviously stuff like New Super Mario Brothers where Mario looks just like he does in the box art. But this one, the depiction of Mario in that game was just very bright and bold, and it worked with the 3D so cool. You had a foreground and a background, and you would basically just you would knock creatures over to get their shells, like turtles and whatnot, and then you would throw the shells from one level to the next, 
and that's how you would knock out and then knock off uh, the different bad guys. And it just goes stage by stage by stage. There's there's like a couple hundred stages, I think. I could be exaggerating. I don't know. All I know is that this game is a ton of fun, and I wish I could spend more time with it. Um, the music is very good. Uh, it's not a phenomenal soundtrack, but it's very catchy stuff. Uh, I chose to go with the track Parade, which is the second level type music that you hear in the game just because we've had a lot of very similar kinds of songs pop up throughout the episode of just like really good bouncy fun adventure type songs and um this one I thought was it was it was very cute it's it's got this very neat little um I don't know if laid back's the right word for it but it's 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 not as energetic as the other tracks it's just it gives it a little sense of whimsy a little sense of goofy and and just a really a little sense of Mario to it. Um, it's just great music, and so uh, I'm just going to go ahead and play it instead of keep on talking about it. So here is Parade from Mario Clash. Clash, one of my favorite Virtual Boy games. This game's just just way too much fun. Way too much fun. Good, good times. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't really know what else there is to say about the soundtrack of uh, of Mario Clash. It's a lot of stuff like that. It's um, you know, you go to some snow stages and 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 the music gets a little bit more ambient. But all in all, th- that song really sums up the feeling of the kind of music you'll get out of Mario Clash, which. Again, the gameplay is really where it's at, Mario Clash. The visuals and the gameplay are really... Love love the look and play of that game. Just way too much. Way too much. But anyway, I digress. 
Time to move on. Time to move on to our next game of the evening, which is the always exciting, the the evolutionary masterpiece that is golf. There's a golf game on Virtual Boy, and it's exactly what you think it is. It's a uh, um, golf is one of those games that uh, even when they were old. Uh, and basic, I didn't really get a whole lot of joy out of them. The only golf game that I've spent an extraordinary amount of time in uh, with would be Kirby's Dream Course for Super Nintendo, which is an awesome game, and really barely a golf game when you get right down to it. But um, golf really played it straight. It was just, we're going to make a golf game, and here it is. It's golf. You You golf. You hit the ball, and... There's not a lot to say about it. It's just a very basic golf game, and I'm sure it's perfectly good at what it is. Uh, it was by the same people who did like the Wiley Golf series on Super Nintendo and N64, I think. Um, whatever. Uh, but there is some music in the game, and it's not a bad track, uh, actually. Um, again, this is the other game by Mr. Ken Kojima, and it is, um, it's alright. It's music to golf to. You can turn it off if you want, uh, and you can turn it back on and the menu screen. There really wasn't a lot going on. I This was another one of the games that I hadn't really played before. I just picked it up because it was a Virtual Boy game on clearance uh, at the time, and yeah, I, I, I guess I wasn't really missing much. But this track is not bad. Really not bad at all. It's, it, is a, it is a tad on the entertaining side. So uh, we're going to go ahead and let it play. So here is um, Golf Course Music 1 as I called it, by Ken Kojima. Enjoy. was a very exciting song. I don't mean to disparage this track, really. It's it's not bad. It's 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 kind of a catchy little tune. Pretty, you know, pretty straightforward, pretty basic, but not really in a bad way. It's 
it's it's anything that you would want from playing a golf game. <laughs> I don't I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's it, it's it's nice. It's it's relaxing. It's it's not overly exciting. Like you don't really want you know crazy boppy music playing while you're you're playing golf because it's this whole game really seems to have been designed to be a relaxing golf experience. You know, it's 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 visually fine. It doesn't do anything too exciting. Uh, it's it's just nice. The game is nice. Um, I can't say it's bad. I can't say the music's bad. It's just nice. Um, so let's move on past nice to really freaking awesome, which is track number 10, probably the most revered game released for the Virtual Boy, and with very good reason. We're talking about Virtual Boy Wario Land uh, with music by Kazumi Totaka who you probably know from games like Super Mario Land 2, Luigi's Mansion, and he's the freaking voice of Yoshi. He's the one that goes, Yoshi! That, that's him. That's Totaka. He also has his own little Totaka song that, that's showed up in dozens and dozens of Nintendo games over the years. Look it up. Look up Totaka's song. It, it's, it's got a really great history to it. This game's amazing. This is an extremely, extremely good Wario Land game. It's an extremely good game by any stretch of the imagination. This was the second Wario Land game released. I think it's better than Wario Land 2. Uh, and Wario Land 2 is a really good game. It really is, but this game nails it. This game just absolutely nails it. Um, this is where, uh, if you've played Mutant Muds, this is where they got a lot of their ideas from. Um, and, and they've been very upfront about that. This is a, this, this game was a big influence on them. Using uh, it's, it's a 2D platformer, a very slow one, because that's how Wario games work. Uh, he just goes around shoulder-slamming dudes and picking up things and collecting coins and treasure. Brilliant level design amazingly well put together graphics uses the 3d effect just extremely well i can gush about this game all day long it is really really good and i it was the game that came out for it uh the november of the one christmas that it was that the virtual boy was on the market this was the game that they wanted to sell virtual boys with this was the hit and uh had it done better, it probably could have because uh, you know this this game has a lot going for it. It th this game has earned its legendary status, very much so. Uh, I've, I believe far more than Jack Brothers uh, um, and or any other release for this system. Wario Land is one of those games that is worth tracking down. It is worth finding a way to play it because it's just extremely well put together. Um, I dig the music. It's not insanely good. It's never bad. But it's very good. There's really, really good tracks in this one. But a lot of Wario games, I have, I've never really been absolutely in love with the soundtracks. Uh, they work, they work flawlessly for the games that they're in. They're very well designed as background music for Wario games because they've all got this kind of plotting, uh, I guess, rhythm to them. They all have this very devious up to something because that's the whole thing of the game. You're an anti-hero. You're Wario. You're just out to get gold. You're not out to help anybody. You're not saving a princess. You're not saving the world. You're out to increase your wallet size because you're freaking Wario. And uh, the, the music reflects that wonderfully, and, and I love it for it. But um, as uh, Geekade Dan, uh, my fellow Stone Age gamer, was saying, he, sa he thinks that this is the best music, and I think he's wrong. Because uh, it's great, but it's not the best. 
But anyway, uh, this is the one we're going to listen to is Level Theme 2. Uh, it's reprised a couple of times throughout the course of the game. It's just it's just good stuff. It's just a good listen. It's, it's fun. It's quirky. It's Wario through and through. Uh, so here it is. Enjoy. from Virtual Boy Wario Land. An extraordinarily good game for the Virtual Boy. Hands down the best one available, in my humble opinion. In most people's humble opinion, really. I mean, it's the game to get if you have a Virtual Boy. And that song, again, um, it's, it's one of those great examples of something that's perfect for the situation that it's in. But it's not always necessarily something I like to listen to on its own outside of the game. But, boy, when I tell you that this, this music works... I mean, if you've ever played a Wario adventure game and you haven't played this one before, you can you, you already know from listening to it that's exactly exactly the right kind of music. Um, it's got, it, it does kind of have a, a, a bit of a throwback feeling to it, to the first Wario Land for Game Boy, uh, Super Mario Land 3. And um, it, it has a lot of like kind of callbacks to that. It was a very... The game and its soundtrack were a great evolution of what was accomplished in that game, um, which made me very happy at the time, because I remember really enjoying Wario Land uh, on Game Boy, and man, when this came out on Virtual Boy, uh, 
This was actually on the back of the box originally listed as Wario Cruise was its name for a while, and then it just got changed to Virtual Boy Wario Land, probably in some sort of last-ditch effort to make it seem more marketable at the time, because uh, this was at the point where the system was... This was do or die for the Virtual Boy, and if it, if it didn't catch on, on during this holiday season, then then it was never going to catch on. And it didn't. But we still got a handful of awesome games going forward. So let's move on to track number 11, uh, which is going to be from the game Panic Bomber. Uh, and the music it was done by Kenichi Koyano, who was uh, probably known for doing stuff like Bloody Roar 2 uh, and Monster Rancher Advance 2 uh, and a couple other games of that ilk. Um, this is this is uh, more fun music. Panic Bomber, I believe there was an actual Bomberman game released in Japan, but this was the only Bomberman release we got here in America, and this was a puzzle game, very similar to um, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, uh, that kind of thing, like a not really a gem swap kind of a game, really like a fa- falling block puzzle, but less Dr. Mario, more Puyo Puyo, as it were. Um, this game I've always had a hard time playing because everything's red, uh, it's kind of like playing Dr. Mario on Game Boy. I'm, I, 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 if anything where I have to match things, colors work really well for me. And if they're all the same color and I'm really just kind of doing different shapes or shades of said color, I, I have a hard time with it. So I've always had a tough time playing this game. So I haven't put a ton of time into it. Um, this track, however, was recommended by a different Reddit user. And I probably should have looked them up, and I apologize for that. Uh, but I do thank you for suggesting this. This is Zach's theme, and it's a really, really catchy tune. Um, I've actually I I couldn't get to this point playing the game on my own uh, because I'm just not really great, <laughs> really not good at this one. Uh, so I looked up a YouTube video of of playing it, and Zach is like a a were bomberman character. So there's like a bomberman slash werewolf going on. Really cute design. And um this song is just fun. It's it's really fun. It's really boppy. It's a really good time. Uh so let's just jump right into it. Here is Zach from Panic Bomber.
was that for just a super cool song? Um, it's a really cool looking character. It's a really cool song. I I wish I was better at this game because I really want to play. I I want to play to this music because it, it's all very battle oriented. Like you go through this story mode and you play against different characters in the puzzle. Uh, very similar to something like um, Kirby's Avalanche or or even Tetris Attack. Um, but you know this this bat not bad, a uh, werewolf-type character shows up and uh, just kind of challenges you, and he's really cool-looking, and this music is just cool. It's just cool. I love it. Um, so, yeah, that's that's Zach's theme, another one of the very few third-party releases for the uh, Virtual Boy. Um, and a great track, and thank you again for um, that Reddit user for suggesting it to me. I Again, I am very sorry that I have not used all these opportunities to look up your name um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad this was suggested to me because I, I, I don't know if I would have found it otherwise. I probably would have gone with something earlier in the game. Um, I'm glad it, I'm glad I know this song now because it's a really great track and I'm going to put that in my regular rotation of things to listen to. But time to move on to the next track. We're, we're running a little long. Thanks everybody for sticking with us. Um, I hope you're enjoying yourself as much as I am. We only have four tracks left and all four of them are very interesting. So let's move on to Vertical Force. Uh, Vertical Force is a top-down shooter, um, similar to something like, um, not R-Type, not Gradius. What's a what's a top-down shooter? Why can't I think of anything? Ah, my brain has left me. Nah, D- Dean is suggesting Smash TV. It's not really like Smash TV, cause it's like a space shooter. So I'm thinking something more along the lines of uh, the other, you know, every other level in Stinger or, um, <laughs> Sorry, Dean is also talking to me saying Space Invaders. Um, I guess kind of. I can't believe I'm drawing John such a blank. Xevious, there you go, Xevious. That's a that's a great example of what kind of game this is. Um, so you're it's a space shooter. It's it's really neat because it takes advantage of uh, the vertical landscape pretty well. Um, because while the screen is scrolling vertically, you can move up and down uh, in altitude and kind of hit different enemies at different heights. It's a neat game. It's a you know, it's a, it's a fairly straightforward shooter. It's it's not breaking any new ground or anything. It's not going to change the world like Ikaruga, another great example of this type of game. Um, but it's really fun uh, and it's got a great soundtrack. Unfortunately, um, I couldn't find a rip of this soundtrack anywhere, and the music that. I could the only song that I could get to was uh, the title screen music because all the other music you can't make it play without all these sound effects muddling it up, uh, which is a shame because there's some really good really good tunes in this game. Um, but the the title screen is good stuff on its own, so I don't want you to feel too cheated or anything. It's it's you're gonna listen to a good track. Um, so anyway, just real quick, uh, the music in this was done by Shoji Tomi and Minoru Endu, uh, who have teamed up previously to do Saturn Bomberman and Dual Heroes. Um, both pretty cool games with cool soundtracks. This game is no different. It is no exception. It is a it's a it's a fun game, and this is a pretty uh, a pretty cool track. A nice little uh, starting up your day kind of starting up your game kind of a track. So huzzah! Here is Title Screen from Vertical Force.
pretty much it. Um, nice little title screen, you know, little ship on there, and then you press start, and you go in, and you just start blowing stuff up. It's a good time, it's a good game. Uh, it's a really easy one to find, too, for the Virtual Boy, so if you... Um, if if you're collecting Virtual Boy games or you want to get into it, that's a great place to start. Vertical Force, nice and easy find, both in uh, English and Japanese, as far as I know. Um, so anyway, let's move on to another very interesting game. This is one of the most expensive Virtual Boy games, and not because of the gameplay. I think because of the sheer absurdity of it. It is the only licensed game released for the Virtual Boy. Uh, unless you count the next game, which I don't really. Um, this is a movie license. We are talking about Waterworld by Ocean. The company Ocean released Waterworld. Uh, ridiculous. So this is the movie adapt, the video game adaptation of the failed Kevin Costner um, disaster piece, uh, <laughs> Waterworld. And um, this game was released on a couple of different platforms, or supposed to be released on a couple of different platforms. Um, uh, there's a Super NES version that actually looks kind of cool. Um, the Virtual Boy game takes place entirely in one setting. And when I tell you that this is this is a game that is so bizarrely put together and feels just downright unfinished a lot of times, there's so little to this game, it's astonishing. Like, that they had the gall to charge full price for this thing. It's basically a single stage. You're in a little ship... There's a bunch of people floating in the water, and a bunch of other dudes on wave runners try to steal those people. You shoot those wave runners, repeat infinitely, and that's it. You know, you just go stage by stage, get more points. It's kind of fun for a few minutes, but it's not that fun, and that's the entire game. There's no options screen. There's no nothing. You turn it on. It gives you the test screen. The title screen, you press start, it starts the game. And that is it. And that's the entirety of the experience. It's very strange. Um, it, it Again, it really just kind of just, just jumps into... Uh, jumps into my mind as something that isn't finished. <laughs> because there was clearly more to be done with a, a video game adaptation of Waterworld. And if you look at screenshots of it, you almost kind of it almost kind of looks like it would have been this neat little 3D shooter that's done over water. <clears throat> there was potential. Not that Waterworld was a phenomenal movie. I don't even think I've ever seen the whole thing. But there's potential to make a fun video game out of it. But... Enough about that. Uh, let's talk about the music, which was done by Jonathan Dunn, who has done some great work. Um, uh, he did the Jurassic Park 1 and 2 for Super Nintendo, which, oh boy, those are some really good soundtracks. And, <coughs> excuse me, he did the soundtrack to Bad Dudes, which is awesome. I mean, the game itself is dumb as a bag of cats, but the music's great. Just just great music and bad dudes. And the music in Waterworld is pretty cool. Um, in fact, I, I was a... Let's see. I, I think it was on a Facebook group that I was posting about. And uh, I mentioned Waterworld because I was going to play it to get the music out of it because I couldn't find recordings of the music anywhere, or at least good quality recordings of it. And uh, I could only find two tracks. Little did I know, there are only two tracks in the game. Um... But I plugged it in to play it. It was the first time I had I had done so because I had never been brave enough to try Waterworld for Virtual Boy. But I did it for the show. And hey, 
man oh man um it's something <laughs> but the music is pretty good um i actually really wanted to use the stage music in this one uh but i again it was one of those situations where i couldn't get it to the music to play to record it without the sound effects playing over it so i wanted to go in with the title screen instead which is an it's it's a very it, it's not a bad track it's it's you know very title screeny it's not very you know overly enthusiastic it's not boring um it, it's it's got some neat effects to it so yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and play it. Here is the title screen from Waterworld. the the title screen music to Waterworld and as you can hear it 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 keeps going it it continues to add complexity as it goes along and it actually kind of reminds me a little bit of um like the Metroid Prime soundtrack it, it's an interesting tune it's I, I I dig it it maybe it starts off a little long in the tooth but it keeps getting more interesting as it goes along uh, the problem is is that like that's it. <laughs> So that that's the game. You you can listen to that song and stare at the title screen, the logo for Waterworld, or you can press start and start playing the game and hear the other song. Uh, it's just an astonishingly bare-bones experience, and it has somehow skyrocketed to be one of the most expensive games on the system. Uh, I, I think it's just because nobody bought it. Like th There's probably just not a ton of copies of it out there. And another one of those games that I picked up and am... So happy I did at the time, because I would not want to spend a lot of money to get this game to finish my collection. Ah, alright, let's move on to our second and last track, and speaking of finishing collections, this was the last Virtual Boy game that I got. I never picked it up, I never saw it in stores on the, in the clearance bins back in the day, I always knew it existed. It's my favorite like, actual title, like the words for the Virtual Boy, we are talking about Nestor's Funky Bowling. Uh, how great is it that there's a game called Nestor's Funky Bowling? I mean, it's way better than Billy Bob's Hunting and Fishing. I mean, we're talking about not just bowling, but funky bowling. Starring Nestor, the uh, half-mascot from Nintendo Power. Uh, oh, boy. This game's not fun. Um, 
I'd like to say that it is. I, I've I've put a little bit of time into it over the years because it was the last game that I found for the Virtual Boy. I tracked it down at Digital Press, you know, several years ago, and was thrilled when I finally found it. You know, I was I was like, yeah, I did it. I have all fourteen uh, Virtual Boy games. Go me. Uh, and then I I plugged it in and played it. It's like it's just bowling, and it's not great bowling. It's not super fun. It's it's just it's just a bowling game with a lot of obnoxious animations with a with Nestor in it, and, you know, I, I was never a huge fan of Nestor, like, I love Nintendo Power to Death, but I always thought Nestor was kind of a jerk, and I always liked Howard better, and then Howard left, and it was just Nestor, and I was like, oh, There was a great, great comic in the last issue of Nintendo Power that featured an adult Nestor talking to his son, he had, like, stacks of Nestor's funky bowling, because he was so proud of it, because it was his video game, and, and it was very cute, um, but anyway, Nestor's funky bowling... Here we are. Uh, again, this is the other game that I couldn't find an artist for. I have no idea who wrote the music for this game. Um, <laughs> it's And it's weird. Um, so we're going to listen to uh, Game A. Uh, and if you heard this without knowing that this was from Nestor's Funky Bowling, I don't think you ever would have guessed that this is the music from Nestor's Funky Bowling. Because it's, uh, it's, it's pretty intense. So here you go. Game A. Nestor's Funky Bowling. Certainly is funky. Um, 
Man, that 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 music just kind of reminds me of like a, a spy shooter or some sort of action game, or uh, like Dean mentioned, a, like a jungle level in a Game Boy Donkey Kong game or something. It does not remind me of bowling. <laughs> it just it does not remind me of that in the least. Uh, but it's it's a it's a cool track. I was I was really happy to to come across that one and and coming up with this whole experience for for um the the, the playlist for Waveback because that's a cool it's a cool tune. It's it's a very cool tune. Um, nice beat to it. Again, not really taking full advantage of you know what the Virtual Boy was capable of. It's not like oh my god, but uh, it was it was a cool track and I'm happy to have discovered it. But cool tracks. Don't come a whole lot cooler than our last track, and I'm glad it worked out this way uh, to to do this in order because the last release, as I mentioned earlier, the last release that the um, the United States saw for the Virtual Boy was 3D Tetris, which has my favorite soundtrack on the system because nobody used the sound chip on the Virtual Boy quite like Ken Kojima did with for, uh, with 3D Tetris. What we're going to listen to is Type A from 3D Tetris, and it is just an extraordinary song. I mean, really, try to take in all the things that are happening at once. Um, it's, it's a very complex rhythm that's going on. There's lots of different moving parts, lots of things panning from left to right, really taking advantage of all eight of those channels, really taking advantage of the stereo effects. I mean, really just... This was a, a mastery of what that system was capable of audibly, and... It's just a wonderful, wonderful song. It's definitely my favorite song that we've that we've listened to tonight. Um, it's just so good. I, I I'm just gonna play it. This is uh, put your headphones on. Really try to pick out all the pieces of this song. Really try to follow the drum beats. Follow the secondary the the secondary melodies. Really just try to 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 single out the pieces of it. And then just really appreciate how it comes together as an amazing cohesive whole. This is an extraordinary piece of music. My favorite track in the night. My favorite track on the Virtual Boy. Here is Type A from 3D Tetris.
my goodness. That's just... So, like I was I, I was actually talking to Dean uh, while the, the song was playing, we were talking about um, just how marvelously complicated this is. This this soundtrack and this music was was written with uh, modern sensibilities. Like, if you think of video game music at the time when this was coming out, um, you, this was this was you know, PlayStation and Saturn were out there, and, and Nintendo sixty four is right around the corner. So, the the majority of the type of video game music that was being written was being written for much more complex machines. And this kind of music was written with that kind of stuff in mind, it seems. Like, like the feeling of this is very complex and very modern, but the instruments are like just Game Boy instruments just on steroids with this extremely high fidelity and, and the, the, the panning of the things that are happening and going back and forth between like left and right are just so smartly put together. Uh, I, I, I cannot gush enough about this game soundtrack, and, and I look forward to doing so on a future episode where um, I get to talk about 3D Tetris quite a bit. It's a fun game. It's, it's, um, if you've ever played Welltris, I think was the version for, uh, that was originally released on like maybe PCs back in the day. It's just Tetris from a, 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 top, a top view, so instead of creating a line, you're creating a, a square, like filling the entire bottom area uh, to make the lines, to make them disappear. Uh, you can rotate the the blocks in 3D space and whatnot, and just do all kinds of neat things with it. It's it's extremely good. Uh, it's it's a really fun game. I spent a lot of time with it. It's got some pretty good puzzle modes and whatnot to it. It's it's just it's just fun. It's just a fun fun track, uh, and a really fun fun game. And uh, that's gonna be our show. Tune in next time, where we'll be returning to the single game format with the unforgettable soundtrack of Mario Paint. The release of Super Mario Maker for Wii U is right around the corner, and it pulls more than a little inspiration from this Super NES classic, so what better time to take a look back at this gem? As always, I'd love to hear everyone's thoughts and memories on these games, as well as any suggestions you might have for future episodes, so if you like, you can send them to mail at geekade.com with the subject WAVEBACK, that's W-A-V-E-B-A-C-K, which you probably know because you're listening to this podcast. Uh, you can also find us on all the social media channels, which you should totally follow slash like slash subscribe to if you haven't already. And while you're at it, check out all the other great content we have exclusively over at geekade.com. And if you're listening to this via iTunes, if you'd be so kind as to leave us a positive review, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, this was a celebration of the Virtual Boy, and I had a blast. I hope you enjoyed listening to the music, too. I hope I was able to play some tracks you hadn't heard before, and uh, that you enjoyed them half as much as I enjoyed playing them. This was a really, really good time. Uh, thank you again for listening, and have a good night. Music